Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode 477 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Jumbo Diaz. I'm your host, Nate Dotson, filling in for the esteemed Chad Dotson. And with me this week for a special players-only episode is none other than the one, the only, Carlos Guevara. Carlos, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. It's good, good to be back on. It's been a while. See if I can remember I how to do this. <laughs> well, I never learned, so uh, it should be fine. Um, <laughs> for those who didn't know, Carlos was a former big league player. I, myself, was a former standout little leaguer. Um, had a illustrious career in the 200-foot diamond in Wise, Virginia. So uh, players only, Chad. You're not allowed on this one. <laughs> but uh, before we go any further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button. If you're listening to the audio version, why not subscribe? Have this sweet, sultry voice delivered to your phone every single week. We are on all the podcast platforms. And one more thing, and probably the most important thing, this show would not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. If you want to dig a little deeper, help keep this ship afloat, and maybe get a couple rewards, a couple perks in the process, why not join us? Just go to patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy or click the link in the show notes. That's it, man. Um, let's get into it. Since the last time we had an episode, the Reds are still not in last place. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the most exciting thing to happen this season. What are your feelings about this team right now, just from a sort of thirty thousand foot view? Um, I mean, I think it's exactly what we expected. We're, I think, we're just basically using the first half of the season, um, almost as a as an open tryout to see who. Who's a big leaguer? Who can stick around? Um, who's going to be around for next year? Um, maybe they'll figure out to see what they're going to do with you know some of these prospects. Trade, trade a couple maybe. Um, bring in somebody new. But as far as the team right now, I think it's exactly what we thought uh, we were going to get. Um, you know, some bright spots from our top three starting pitchers. Um, some rough, some rough outings from our fourth and fifth starters. Uh, bullpen going to be a roller coaster all year. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna have some some good moments out on offense. I mean, it's a fun team to watch offensively. Um, several of them have been struggling, but still, we're, we're still getting those highs and lows uh, with the Nick Senzels, um, Jonathan India swinging it really really nice. Um, but then you know you have Stuart Fairchild and three hole hitting two hundred. 
for a couple of games there. So we got that too. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit for sure. That's <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. It's this it's this weird trial. I guess it's kind of what makes it so frustrating is that we are seeing, you know, what some of these young guys have and who's going to be able to stick around a little bit. But being a fan, just looking at this as you know, from a fan standpoint, them just throwing away wins for that the fourth and fifth starter spots. You know, twice twice a turn through the rotation has been so frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm having a great time watching this team, but it stinks knowing that twice a week you're just going to have to hope the guys go and score eight runs because the Reds aren't giving themselves a shot. This Louis Sessa experiment, this the, you know, the Luke Weavers and Connor Overtons of the world. It's just not been it's not been a brand of baseball that anybody would want. So I don't know. It's gonna frustrating. Like, I know that what they're trying to do. I guess what they're trying to do. But as a fan, I would like to see them at least try to get wins. Like winning games is a lot more fun. But I don't know. Do you? It's, do you wish they would have gone out? Because I mean, they're just so. That? Yeah. Absolutely. I wish they. I mean, I wish they would have brought in you know a couple of veteran guys of at least one, you know that that can help those younger guys out. But it's. It just sucks, man. Like, it's not Louis, you know, Louis Sessa's fault that he's having a start. I know he wants to, but clearly he's not a starter at the big league level. You know, he can stick around being a middle relief guy um, in that role, and I think he would be fine, but it's just, it's not fair to him. It's not fair to the fan base. It's not fair to the guys on the, on the team that are out there busting their ass every day. You know, you get hyped for three games in a row, and then the next two, you're like, well, let's see what we can scrap together. You know, and, you know, oftentimes that's putting them in a hole. You know, by the time you got, you know, your fourth and fifth starters out there, you got your bullpen throwing half of each game. And then, you know, you're going to need them for your Hunter Green starts, your Nick Lodolo starts that are, you know, the games are closed, but your bullpen's taxed. So it's just, it's not a good cycle they got going on there. I don't know how you fix it at this point. Well, one temporary little band day might have been, somebody that the Reds just traded away to the Rays, Chase Anderson. I don't think anybody was up here clamoring for him to be the answer, but I think he might have been a better option than some of the guys they've been throwing out there. And then they send him to a team that we all know is, you know, more well-ran than the Reds are. So I got, I'm going to keep an eye on that, but it seems like they could have kind of used the Chase Anderson type up there. I mean, as a like poor man's version of what we've been asking for all off season. But who knows? Either way, yeah, we're stuck with sure. what we got. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, there's no easy solutions. Um, but they're not in last place. The uh, the Reds are six and a half games back behind the juggernauts. That is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, they're only two games back behind the Cubs for third in the division. But perhaps most importantly, they are three and a half games <laughs> up on the stupid St. Louis Cardinals who are in last place in the NL Central and have the fewest wins in the entire National League. You'd love to see it. Oh, man, it brings a smile to my face. Um, Carlos, when you look at the standings, you know how do you see that shaking out throughout the rest of the season? Do you, you think this Pittsburgh Pirates team is legit? Um, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I think they're, you know, they're, they're going to stick around until maybe around like the All-Star break around then, but then um, – I think they'll fall back down uh, to their means. They'll regress back, but I mean, I think, I think, I think the Brewers um, are going to stick around. But who knows what they're going to do at the deadline too? Like, right. what are they going to do with Burns? 
Is, are they going to sign an extension? Is he going to get traded? Um, who really knows? It, it's, it's a crapshoot. And I mean, as much as we like to clown on the Cardinals right now, like we know they're going to have some devil magic and go on some sort mm-hmm. of 16 out of 17 win and get right back in it. So it's been fun. No, the last week seeing everybody on Twitter just hounding on them. I decided to get on <laughs> in on it the last two days. So I've enjoyed that. Yeah, it's been um, arguably the highlight of the season so far, which has had some fun moments is watching the, the Cardinals <laughs> struggle with it. It would just be the most poetic thing for them to go on a crazy heater during the month of Sam- September just to uh, finish one mm-hmm. game ahead of the Reds in the standings. <laughs> I'm a little uh, more optimistic on what I think the Pirates could do. I just think they, they added a lot of veteran talent, a lot of, a lot of you know big league ball players in the offseason. So I see. I don't know that they're going to be the you know best team in the National League hot. But I can see them making noise late into the year. Um, I thought the Cubs would be a little bit better than they are. So but I seem to have been in the minority in that that opinion. So I don't know about that. But, yeah, the Brewers are weird. Um, they could blow it all up or they could go on a crazy run and win the Central. So the, the range of outcomes for them is nuts to me. Yeah. But um, over the last week, we had some good news. We had some bad news. The Reds went west, had uh, three in Oakland and then three in San Diego. Um, they won exactly half of those games, two out of three in Oakland. It wasn't exactly an inspiring series, but uh, we'll take it. And then they lost two of three against San Diego, two teams with different goals, kind of going two different directions right now. Um, I, I feel like that counts as a successful road trip. I think if you'd asked me what I expected out of this, you would have loved to see them sweep the, the A's, but let's not pretend that the Rays or the Reds are all that much better than the A's. I mean, they are better, but like sweeping a team is hard when you're the red. So what, what do you think? Successful road trip. Um, what is sort of also, I'll, I want to get your opinion on sort of the difference in the two franchises right now, knowing you have history of both of them. Reds and Padres. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can say anything, but it, it was a successful road trip for them to go 500, any road trip they take, you know, all year where no matter who they're playing, if they can come out 500, that's, that's a win. You know, if they finish the season 500, that's a huge win um, for the Reds. So uh, it absolutely was. Um, that was probably like their best case scenario, really, to, you know, take two or three from Oakland and then at least get one from San Diego, which they did. Um, you know, they they earned that second game because it was, it was a good pitching battle. Um, I don't really know that Lugo... Uh, was on it on his on that third game, but was able to get enough people out to to get a lead. But um, yeah, it's just it's like you said, man. It's just their franchises are at two different points right now. The Reds are clearly in a rebuild and not spending any money at all. Uh, the Padres are not in a rebuild; they're in a win now mode, and they're spending all of the money. Um, and I don't think they've stopped. And it, it was a fun series uh, to watch. Um, that Ashcraft game, that was special, man. Everybody that came out of that bullpen for the Reds, they were on it. They were mm-hmm. on on their game. Um, so well, well earned victory on game two of the Guevara Cup, but ultimately the Padres, um, they're going to take that home with them to San Diego. What's the trophy? The Great American Ballpark. The, the challenge what's the, the trophy for the Guevara Cup know. look like? We got to come it, up with that. I think it's just like an, like a, an empty Lone Star light can. <laughs> Nothing special. Maybe crushed <laughs> up. I love it. 
Yeah, that Ashcraft start, man. What a season this guy is having. Um, he went six innings, gave up six hits, one run, one walk, and three strikeouts. On the season, he has now got a two-even ERA, um, ERA plus 246. The guy has just been nails every start this season. But we've seen the ups and downs from Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green. Let's be honest, mostly ups from Hunter. Um, those guys are having have a little, little tough of, tougher of a time getting deep into ball games, which goes back into those bullpen issues you were talking about. But um, we do a little weekly big three check-in. What are some of your thoughts on those big three young arms right now? Who, wh- what order are you ranking them in uh, the way they're playing right now and how you see it playing out over the next, call it, five years? Um, right now, I'd say Ashcraft has the hot hand, just edging out Hunter Green because he's been excellent as well. But, but Graham Dougie, he's just he's been on it from the get go. Um, you know, Hunter had a couple of little rough ones to start, and then you know Nick Nick is is trying to figure some things out right now, um, which I think is going to be totally fine. And you know, five years from now, I'm 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 still having Hunter Green at the one. Nadolo at two and Ashcraft at three. Um, I mean, it's not that I'm doubting Ashcraft. It's just, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to project as high as that, but he just, he just keeps going out there and shoving, man. It's not even like close. These at bats are terrible at bats by, by these uh, professional hitters. Big league hitters are looking really bad swinging at pitches that are, are going to hit them. I mean, he's, he's got them all twisted up. Yeah, it's been it's been so exciting. He's become my favorite non-Joey Votto red. Uh, just watching him pitch, watching the energy he brings up there is contagious, and it's just a, it's sweaty, and there's limbs flying all over the place. I'm into it. Um, another guy that's really impressing me. It's, it's real sweaty. Um, another guy that's been really impressive to me is Lucas Sims. Um, I was sleeping on his ability to be, you know, a, a helpful member on this ball club just because of his injury concerns. You know, we haven't seen him in a few years. He's been lights out. He's been shutting everybody down, literally shutting everybody down because he has a zero ERA right now and is 6.2 innings pitch, whatever. But um, what are you seeing out of Lucas Sims? And you think this is sustainable? I think it absolutely is sustainable. I mean, you saw those sliders he was throwing to the Padres. I mean, he, again, he had Randall Tatis twisted up. It was, I mean, they weren't even pretty swings at all. There was nothing good about him. He was, I mean, he's back onto his, his spider attack day stuff. Like, I mean, he's, he's throwing sharp breaking balls. His fastball's moving all over the place. He's got confidence throwing strikes. It's, it's great to see, man. Him and him and Diaz at the back of the bullpen for the next couple of years is, is nice. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they can just stay healthy. Yeah, sending up all the prayers and sacrifices to the, uh, the health gods for those two guys. Because if this offense comes around and this team does start making a little bit of noise, having that shut down back to your bullpen is is everything. It can be the difference between a 500 season sure. and a playoff berth. So excited the Reds seem to have kind of identified those two guys and um, we can keep them active and healthy going forward. Um, that series in Oakland, I do want to touch on that a little bit. The Reds had a chance to sweep. They kind of lost an ugly one in game three. But other than a pretty dominant dominant first game, um, it was just kind of an ugly series. Even that first game was really, really ugly. There were errors. There was just not not a aesthetically pleasing brand of baseball out there. I was really worried going into that Padres series because I thought that the Reds limped through Oakland. They did what they needed to do, but it wasn't 
it wasn't very emphatic, I guess. So a lot of it just comes down to this offense. You know, their little five-game winning streak, the Reds scored 37 runs. Um, during their six-game losing streak, they scored six runs. And then you kind of saw over the next four games, the Reds aren't scoring runs, scoring runs again. This offense has been super feast or famine. And I don't know if there is a solution about what to do with it with this until people get healthy or we bring somebody up or is that just what we're going to have to expect from this team because they have so many uh like tryout guys absolutely i mean i think that's the way it's going to be until um they decide to make some moves whether it's via trade trading a couple of prospects for someone or uh, you know, calling up the CESs, the Matt McLeans, the the Alleys of the world. I don't know how long they're going to wait or or what. Maybe they just want to see a couple of more, you know, ABs in the minor leagues because they are all very, very young still. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they're going to come up here eventually, right? So it's the lost season. Let them gel together now. I, I don't. I don't know what the answer is, man. It's... It's wrong. I mean, you're going to start the clock on all of them right now. You know, have everybody's time card expiring at the same time in five years from now, six years from now. Yeah, that's true. I, don't know. I mean, I don't have a good answer to it. I know that uh, if we are to believe that this season is supposed to be a see what you got season, and we hope that this team can compete next year, you definitely want to get these guys some major league at bats before 2024, I would think. Um, and I don't necessarily think those need to just be those September bats against, you know, other teams that are already throwing in the towel. So, again, just from the fan, I want to see him get some of these guys up here yeah. because Christian Incarnation Strand is just uh, mashing the ball down there. Ellie's heating up a little bit. He needs a little bit more time, I think, but you can see that he belongs. Matt McLean has just not stopped. He's putting up video game numbers, and that counts like an 0 for 21 streak earlier in the year. So, I'm excited to see these guys. I am far less excited to see the uh, the arms that we have in the system. Andrew Abbott aside, and maybe a couple guys in some some lower levels. Man, the uh, any hopes and dreams of Brandon Williams and being that guy are gone. And I am I'm worried about that guy, yeah. and I'm worried about what they're going to do. You mentioned a trade earlier. Do you think that's something that the Reds should do to address this sort of uh, rotation depth weakness? Um, not for anybody this year. It would have to be like another, you know, kind of sort of fringe MLB ready type guy, almost like they want to take a chance on, almost like a Will Benson type, but the pitcher version, you know, um, because, I mean, they're just not going to get a whole lot for, you know, un- unproven prospects unless, you know, they're one of the, the top ones, which they're not going to do. So it's, I don't know, man. That's like, this season is it's so it's so weird. It's so difficult. Like you're using this for, you know, for the guys that are going to stick around for for experience. Like I wish David Bell would have let Ashcraft, you know, stay out there. You know, whenever he said, you know, I got him. You know, we joked about it, saying David Bell's like, no, nah, no, you don't. You know, and they brought in whoever they brought in. But I mean, that's a that's a perfect learning moment against a great team. Like let him go out there and get one more guy. See if he does it. If he lose the game, who cares? You know, I, I thought that was a perfect time. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Um, you know, I mean, they won the game cool. 
I guess, but I feel like that experience might have might have been worth it because you know if they're going to keep doing that all year. Where, where is he going to get the experience from? You know. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because it's been a theme of David Bell's managing this season. Um, there's been a few at bats. I remember he uh, pinch hit for T.J. Friedel and Jake Fraley earlier in the year, two and three hitters that game, so that they could uh, get these righty lefty matchups and. If, if the team is already saying, hey, we're going to trot out Luis Sessa every fifth day, they're telling me that they don't care about wins and losses. So if the goal of the season is progress, why not put these guys out there in these situations and let them learn from it? They're going to take some lumps, sure, but you'd rather have them doing that in a meaningless season when you're 10 games under 500 than you would if you were in a playoff push in late August or September. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. You. Yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. I did want to get to this one question. We had a uh, Patreon question from our viewer mail question from Jerry Suttoth. He said, I feel better about this team after it's decidedly okay West Coast trip. I mean, three and three isn't much to brag about, but we've seen worse. Ain't that the truth? Uh, what do you read into what we saw in California? Um, we did kind of touch on that, but I'll just add that, you know, the fight, this team doesn't give up. They, they believe they can win every single game they go out there. Um, they are going to not. They are not going to be the most talented team on a night-to-night basis most of the time, but they don't seem to care very much about that. So, anything else you want to add from uh, that West Coast trip? No, I think we covered it. Yeah, me too. Um, well, let's talk about the biggest news of the week, I think, in Resland, and that was uh, Nick Senzel was named the National League Player of the Week. Uh, <laughs> he went ten for twenty-one last week, two home runs, nine RBIs. Um, eight runs, one double, a stolen base, four walks, a 476 batting average, a 560 slugging, and that included a walk-off home run against Texas on April 26th, his first of his major league career. And I got to ask you, Carlos, are you on board the Nick Senzella's back hype train? And on a 1-10 to 10 scale, why are you a 37? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm quite as optimistic as everyone else. But it's a nice little streak he's got going on. Is that why Chad's not here? He's out celebrating? He has been on a bender ever since. Actually, it was the uh, the last 0-4 game yesterday <laughs> that Nick Senzo had it, sent Chad back down into a tailspin. So yeah, he, he, um, he recovered. National League Player of the Year and didn't play a National League team. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm not sure how they let that happen. But, um, you know, that bumps Nick Senzel's stats in the season. He's got a 288, 356, 455 slash line, an 811 OPS, which is somehow second on the team behind only Luke Maley, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. Um, I don't know. I Obviously, there is every – there's no reason to believe this is going to be sustained. But – you have to hope, right? Like you got to be rooting for that guy. After that walk off, his interview with Jim Day, he was seemed like he was about to break down in tears, man. Like you could tell how much it meant to yeah, him. Yeah, he had a long, he had a long battle to come back. You know, it sucks anytime you you end your season early with a with an injury, and then you have to start the season on the DL. You know, see everybody going. You miss mm-hmm. opening day. That's a big deal. Um, you just want to be out there, and it's you know you finally get, you finally get the opportunity and. You know, a couple of weeks into it, you get the the player of the week that he's you know he's never got. So you know, hats off to him. That's that's awesome. Great job rehabbing, getting back, and um, see what you can do, buddy. Yeah, we are. We are. Nobody's rooting harder for Nixon Zell than uh, us over here at the Riverfront. So we'll sacrifice a goat in his name 
<laughs> I, I love that they've been using him uh, around the diamond a little more, getting him a lot more reps in the infield, which is where he belongs and where he's comfortable. I don't know why the team didn't do this a long time ago. But do you think that that would play into someone It could affect their offensive game when you've just sort of been getting, uh, you know, having to switch positions as soon as you get up to the big leagues? <clears throat> it's hard for me to speak on. I don't know. I've, I'm not, I've, you know, I don't have the mindset of a hitter. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, man, just moving everybody around so much. The defense is so bad. It, it's it's tough, man, to just all of a sudden you'd be plugged in and start playing a different position. I mean, see Steer going over there at first base. He hasn't looked good over there. Um, you know, missing a bunch of picks, you know, taking, you know, you take one wrong step towards second to go get a ball that easily the second baseman, and then you got to rush to get back over to first. That's tough. You know, Sinzel, you can tell it's it, he's not all the way back to comfortable being over there at third base. You know, it's still slowly coming along. You know, the footwork's not there yet. Barrero, he's been struggle bus a bunch over there. You know, he's gotten he's gotten away with a lot of, you know, balls that were, were given hits and not errors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then India, <laughs> that's just been <laughs> rough over there at second too. So, golly, man. <laughs> Tyler Stevenson, I didn't realize he was that bad of a defensive catcher. It's all news yeah. to me this year. I was hoping you had some random insight that I was uh, been been trying to find about people getting moved around the diamond and switching positions and stuff because I was going to chalk that up to why Tyler Stevenson's been struggling behind home plate. <laughs> so maybe they need to just let him catch. Man, he's not been great back there either. Yeah, no, he hasn't. It's it's been it's been bad the the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, up and down the diamond. So I, I don't know if that's something they have plans to address. I know that the uh, the shortstop prospects are all pretty highly rated um, defensively. So hopefully some of these young guys can oh, – it, it gets weird to keep saying now. We are expecting these prospects to come up and be the saviors. And that's going to be a lot of pressure on some young, unproven shoulders too. So we don't need them just to hit. We need them to play defense. I don't I, – I, I don't know. Sure. I, I see – there are too many, uh, too many directions where this can go poorly for me to be comfortable with it. But yeah, if, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be spending money in free agency and bringing in home runs and and high OPS plus, then you better be really tight defensively. And they're not. Mm-hmm. No. Speaking of home runs, Nick Senzel now tied for the team lead in home runs. Who's he tied with? Jason Vossler. <laughs> Is he got three? Three. Him and Spencer Steer and Jason Foster all have three home runs. Will anyone have 10 home runs at the All-Star break? Listen, maybe if they call Christian Encarnacion Strand up, he'll hit 10 because he's hit two more tonight. I think he has uh, six home runs in like 11 games in AAA right now. So get get these guys up already. We need some moonshots. Yeah. The, uh, the go look at the baseball reference page for the Reds, man. You look at those slugging percentages; it is just gross. Like Luke Maley and Nixon Zell tied the team lead with a four fifty five slugging, and then you have two other guys in the fours, and it's all threes from there. It is not pretty. So I don't know, man. I guess I, I, you get caught up in the wins and losses, but you know this team isn't necessarily trying to do that. But it get 
it gets tough, and it's it's only May the 4th. May the 5th, as you're listening to this. So happy Cinco de Mayo to all of our listeners out there. Celebrate responsibly. Okay. Um, some other news, I guess. Uh, Henry Ramos, he's still been playing pretty well. Looking at a 310, 412, 379 slash line, uh, 791 OPS. I like, I like Ramos a lot. I think he's fun to watch. I think he fits in really well with this team. But what can you say about a 31-year-old journeyman on a team where all you have to hope for is, uh, you know, the future and prospects? So, I don't know. Any, any Henry Ramos thoughts? Uh, he takes some hacks. He doesn't get cheated. I know that. Daddy hacks Ramos. I love him. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him to hit one. To that ugly ass river out there in right field. <laughs> I want him to hit one in the tundra when somebody's trying to poop in it. That was a fun. <laughs> that was a fun week last year. Whatever that happened was. to that guy? We need that to happen again. <laughs> I um, forgot about that. <laughs> we did have a few roster moves and updates. The Reds called up Matt Reynolds. Uh, they moved Tony Santiago to the sixty day IL to do so. I'm just going to say it. Bringing Matt Reynolds up made me mad. I was furious. It killed me. I didn't understand it. There are – I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm at my wits in with this Matt Reynolds guy. And like he's come up, he's played he's playing pretty well in AAA. He's played okay for the Reds this year. But this guy should not be a part of the plan unless he is just pure depth, not coming up before these guys who need these licks. I could go on an entire hour-long episode rant about how annoyed I was that they called up Matt Reynolds. So I'll let I'll let you give your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, people who are calling it, they're like, they're going to call up Matt Reynolds, aren't they? They're going to call mm-hmm. up Matt Reynolds. We're all going to be pissed, and we all know who should be getting called up, but it's not going to happen. Sure enough, it's the way it played out, and everybody's just kind of like wondering. I mean, it'd be nice if they were transparent and be like, "Hey, we're not bringing any of these guys up until the All Star break yeah. or afterwards. Like, we're going to give them a minimum of you know two and a half months." Down there, I mean, they don't have to say that no, but for as much as hot water they are with their fan base, I mean, maybe give us a little something, you know? Yeah, that's something I've worked on quite a bit on here. It's this, um, we always talk about the plan and the future, and at no point have the Reds really come out and said anything regarding their plan. Every once in a while, Nick Crawl will make a comment, but it's usually because something good's happened. Matt McClain is super hot down there, and he's like, yeah, you know, this is all part of the plan. Well, I would believe you a lot more if you had told us what the plan was before the good thing started happening. So some, right. some kind of transparency would be great. And I got to tell you, man, no matter what the plan is, Matt Reynolds ain't it. Um, so <laughs> moving on from that, we talked about Chase Anderson being traded to the Tampa Bay, to the, to the Rays. Um, the Reds placed Fernando Cruz on the IL, um, activated Graham Ashcraft off the bereavement list for that one. Get well soon, Fernando. Um, Valley Sports Ohio to retain the Reds broadcast for now, so that sucks. Way to go, MLB. Make it hard for your fans to watch games. Um, did you happen to see what uh, Matt Ishbia and the Suns are doing over there? Uh, what? what was the question? Um, have you happened to pay attention to what Matt Ishbia, the new um, Phoenix Suns owner, what they're doing over there? Oh, I, I saw a little something like that. He's going to put out like on regular public television, right? Yeah, completely free. Yeah, they are. They're involved in the whole diamonds sports group thing, too. And he just said, forget it, man. I was listening to an interview with him. I'm also a Suns fan. So um, a little bit of homerism. But he was just saying, hey, you know, if you do the right things, 
don't worry about money. Money, money comes if you do the right things. Like get the fans' eyeballs on this team. They're gonna show up and spend the money. They're gonna come to tickets. They're gonna buy the merch. Like we should just be trying to win games and create a good positive experience for the fans and worry about money later. I tweeted out, I was like, if you are a Reds fan, do not listen to this interview. <laughs> You're not gonna like what you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there wasn't that was another uh tweet somebody was talking about. Um another another um GM who didn't want to be named, you know, made a comment about the Padres. Like they don't know what their plan is, what their model is, how it's basically how it's gonna be sustainable. And they're like, well, they had thirty five thousand people on a Monday night against the Reds. So that's how. You yeah, know, well, you yeah. fill the park up. And it and it was cold. <laughs> and it was cold too. In San Diego, those people don't want to be out in that weather. No, and they were, by all accounts, it was just a big, a big party. It was a party for every single home game out there. Um, man, you you dream of the day where we might get something like that at Great American Ballpark. I I apologize for not being super optimistic, but you better believe I'll be on board once uh, once we get there. But it's it's seems pretty far away right now. Um, we'll give a couple of nods to uh, our cheerless leader, uh, Chad Dawson. Had a couple um, his latest article for Cincinnati Magazine, CincinnatiMagazine.com, was about Jonathan India and Nick Senzel. Um, sort of just getting into how he thought they are the two most important pieces for this team, uh, or the ones he's most excited to watch this season. Which leads me to ask you the question: Who are the two Reds you're most excited to watch this season? Um, not including not, Joey Votto. Well, you can definitely include Joey Votto because I was going to ask that question if you didn't. Oh, well, definitely him. Um, and then, I mean, I guess I would have to go with with Hunter Green, just because he's got the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, superstar potential. Um, but yeah, yeah, it would be them or one of the other two pitchers, the starting pitchers. Um. The hitters, why well, I don't I don't think any of these hitters that are here right now, anything pops off the charts as far as you know ceiling wise. I think ceiling wise with Ellie is going to be mm-hmm. he'll be on top of that list as soon as he gets up. Um, <clears throat> but you know everybody's just kind of like, all right, well let's tune in and watch out and see what they do. You know it's really only those starting pitchers that I get like, okay, I'm super pumped to see tonight's game to see what happens. The other ones are like, yeah. you know, let's just watch the game, take notes, see what happens. Yeah, it's baseball, so it's better than nothing. Um, we have sure. we talked about it a lot last week. I went on a pretty big rant about it, but we've been sleeping on Hunter Green. Um, I don't know why he's not getting more recognition for the the season he's been putting up, not just this year, but going back into the uh, latter portion of last year. The guy is so young, and he is so good, and he's been developing that changeup. And I know that's something that you talked about quite a bit was how important that changeup was going to be. He was throwing a lot in spring training and kind of went away from it early on. Um, have you picked up on that being a uh, a more impactful pitch for him these last few starts? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's It looked pretty good too, man. Like That's why I was kind of surprised at the beginning of the year why he went throwing it because in spring training, the ones that he threw, they they were fine. They, they looked well, you know, and I, and I kind of, you know, started going off on um, – trying to make my points about it and then and then i talked to you know a couple of successful major league hitters and it's like if he doesn't have a good changeup don't throw it like because if you throw it and it's a bad changeup all it's going to do is you know make my confidence as a hitter go up 
because I know there's a chance I might be getting a meatball. So um, I don't know, whatever he did, him and DJ working on it, figuring it out, um, you know, it just takes playing catch to be able to find that one pitch. Something clicks, you get that right grip, um, right pressure points on, you know, whenever you release the ball. It's it's, it's a fun thing to watch with him, man. It, it really is. Yeah, could not be more excited for, uh, for the, the Hunter Green experience, um, which is saying a lot because I'm awfully excited about my boy, my adopted son, Graham Ashcraft. Um, you mentioned a major league hitter that I uh, we, we have to talk about. The, the Giants' hole in my heart has not yet been filled by Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto. Um, and it's just, it's just been kind of quiet on the update side from the Reds and from him lately. Do you – I think we have any reason to be concerned. Is Joey getting? He says he's getting better. He says he's close. Um, I just, again, I'm a fan. I want that guy out there. I want to watch him play baseball as many times as I can in my life. And knowing that this, in theory, could be one of the last seasons. I miss it. I miss Joey Bottle. That's it. I'm gonna say. Yeah. I miss his Musk. Yeah. I mean, we all do. Um, it's. I mean. It's, it's kind of sucks. I've noticed that they, you know, they're not including him like on any of the promos or anything like that. It's almost like they're mm-hmm. phasing him out a little bit, um, trying to get, you know, the fan base used to it almost. Well, um, if that's true. But, that is, um, it, it's criminal. It's, it's ownership, I mean, marketing, advertising, player pay, treatment, malpractice. Yeah. Just, just pay attention. Like whenever you start, whenever you're watching the game and see like the promos, there's not very many with him involved anymore, like around the stadium. Um, I heard they're going younger with it too. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but he'll, he'll, he's, he's coming soon. He's going to get back. He's going to play a couple more games at Louisville. Um, it probably won't be as long as the as the last one was, but I imagine, um, we get a couple of ABs getting back at the season and then, and we'll see him at GABP here pretty quick. Well, it can't happen soon enough. Uh, you've got me heated over here telling me that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start paying attention now. Um, you, you can do the mm-hmm. same thing. You do these things at the same time. You can usher in a new era of talent and also honor one of the greatest players ever to put on your uniform. Um, an absolute best yeah. player of my generation. Yeah. It's not even close and just the perfect ambassador for this team. If, if, if it's true, man, like that's the guy, I guess my blood boiling. Like this guy deserves better. We said a thousand times we don't deserve Joey Votto. Well, if all this is true, then Cincinnati Reds, your organization didn't deserve Joey Votto. That's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get too negative. We've had, we're having fun this season. Sorry, I got a little, got a little hot there. Yeah. I get sensitive when it comes to my guy Joey. So, uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> Um, we'll move on to the uh, new recurring segment in this uh, this week's edition of Why Reggie Sanders Belongs in the Reds Hall of Fame. Um, my one stat this week is that Reggie Sanders is higher on the club's all-time wins above replacement list than the following. Sean Casey, Chris Sabo, Dan Dryson, Dave Parker, Ron Oster, King Griffey Jr., Adam Dunn, John Franco, Aaron Boone, Scott Rowland, and Danny Graves. Jesus. All those guys are below Reggie Sanders and wins above replacement as a Cincinnati Red. How Reggie many of those are, are Reds Hall of Famers? Um, I think all of them. I think every single one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder why. what, why? Why? There's got to be a reason. I mean, they let everybody in. They let Marty Brennan in. 
Let's go. Um, I gotta take yeah. my stray at that guy. He deserves all the strays. He can get <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. Chad's been beating this drum for a while now, and we just kind of decided that we're gonna reignite this conversation a little bit, see if we can't be a little part. Maybe we uh, ever I mean, do another billboard. He works with the organization, right? I know so he like, has a lot like not like years. him. I mean, his numbers are there. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. Danny Gray's getting in to me. I'm like, okay, I give up with the Reds Hall of Fame. Like, Nick Massett was better than him. We didn't like Danny Gray's when he was here. <laughs> the Reds fans were not like, huge Danny Gray's fans. Like, congratulations, Danny Gray's. Like, by all accounts, great dude, whatever. But, you know, if uh, if, if you're going to let Danny Gray's in, the Reggie Sanders, sure as hell, <laughs> should be in the Reds Hall of Fame. So, we don't need to beat that horn too much. Mm-hmm. We'll just beat it uh I can't yeah. just keep saying beat it over and over again. It's gonna put up R rating on this podcast. So um, let's uh, let's jump into some viewer mail questions. Does that sound all right? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Well, uh, as always, these questions come from our loyal patrons over at patreon.com slash riverfront cincy, where you too can be a member and talk baseball with us. We talk movies and basketball and music. We talk bangles, all kinds of crazy stuff. So get over there, drop us a line. We're having a good time. Uh, the first question comes from Seth Shaner. He says, in this week's edition of Should David Bell Be Fired? Another one of my favorite segments. I submit this question. Is batting Stuart Fairchild in the cleanup spot grounds for termination? Um, you go first, Carlos. God almighty. I know you got to put somebody there, but come on. Come on. Yeah. What are we it's, doing? It's, the answer Seth, is yes, and I'll also submit batting Kevin Newman um, in the leadoff spot to the committee for consideration. <laughs> they asked David Bell. I got to pull it up right here. They asked David Bell um, why he chose to put Kevin Newman in the leadoff spot. He said part of the rationale for having him bat at the top is that he can float anywhere up and down the order. So that doesn't make any sense. See, your reasoning for batting leadoffs because he could also bat eight. <laughs> he's versatile. He can he can go for two for eighteen anywhere you put him. You can put him first. You can put him third. You can put him eighth. Hell, you can even put him ninth, and he'll do it. Oh man, I, I don't know. I, I got very. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, fire David Bell. <laughs> the uh, the peace town consigliere. Oh man. Right. Next question comes from Kyle Kapler. Kyle said, like the conversation, you addressed to Chad. You and Nate had on my question about the core. I bring up one point from that. Are we 100% sure Tyler Stevenson is a part of this core going forward? Has been rather brutal defensively and so far doesn't have the offensive profile for first. Yet alone, not very impressive power numbers coming up through the minors. Savant stats aside, it hasn't been great so far. Becoming the middle of the order thumper everyone is expecting. Um, I'm still super high on Tyler Stevenson. I think that his ceiling is through the roof. I don't think you know, this, our friends over at Late Night Reds were talking about maybe him being a uh, – or locked on Reds, sorry. Um, him being a 40-home run guy. And I think that uh, got into too many people's ears. I still think he's ever going to profile as a 40-home run guy. 20-home run is, is, is where we're probably looking at with Tyler. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a wild take. I appreciate some hot takes, though. Um, it's not been great this year. By any stretch. Tyler Stevenson has not looked good. He's not looked comfortable. I think he set the record for most fastballs down the middle of the plate, just taking for a strike three. It's been crazy. 
But I still very much think think he is part of the core. Even if he just profiles as the type of hitter he is today, he's still in the upper half of offensive catchers in the league because he's getting on base in under 400 clips. So what are your thoughts on Tyler Stevenson and how he projects as a part of the future of this team? Um, First, to answer that question, you better hope so. You better hope he uh... – he projects as one of the one of the cores because that's what the Reds are planning on. He's like, if not the dude offensively, he's one of the top three that they're banking on. And I don't see that power coming. Um, there's really not any signs of it. Um, I, I, like, like you said, maybe a 20 homer guy in Great American Ballpark took him away from that. I don't think so. Um, but. I think right now he's he's probably kind of feeding into that. He's hearing a little bit too much of hey, he doesn't have much pop, and you know you see him taking a little bigger swings um, here and there, and I don't think that's helping him out. That's not his game. He just needs to to, to be the best version of himself and quite trying to be, you know, somebody he's not, which is you know a home run hitting catcher. In my opinion, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Just uh, focus on those line drives, that gap to gap power, and you know, home runs are going to come. Just keep in those line drives. You'll be there. So I think we're both still big on Tyler Stevenson, Kyle. Uh, James Urban is up next. He said, say something nice about Jose Barrero. <laughs> um, I'll go first on this one. He's got great um, hair. Nice and, he's got great hair. The soul, the soul glow references are just too on point. Um, he makes me think of Moneyball when they say they're not trying to sell uniforms. Because if you were just trying to sell uniforms, like Jose Barrero looks like a baseball player. Like he wears that uniform. Looks like a shortstop out there until the play actually happens. Um, I have a theory. Tell me if this is nonsense. Actually, you don't have to because it is nonsense. He can't lay off the off speed in the dirt out on the other on the oh, outside of the plate. Every time he swings at it, he chases it no matter what. What if we just bat him left handed? And sometimes, sometimes <laughs> when they're in the grass, he can't lay off of them. <laughs> yeah. You see that one at the beginning of the week? Somebody threw a slider in the grass. It didn't make it to the dirt, and he swung at it. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I give that, I do that to him. He knows he know when he makes his mind up, there's no going back on it. <laughs> He's full steam ahead. I'm swinging on this a, next pitch, damn it. He is not a flip-flopper at all. I think they just bat him, <laughs> bat him, bat him lefty, then he can't chase that pitch anymore and see what happens. It can't get a whole lot worse. So, yeah, that's that's about the nicest thing we have to say about Jose Barrera. Um, Rex Scott says, Chad, thank you for the tweet you posted during the West Coast road trip about when you used to fall asleep listening to Marty and Joe call games when you were a kid. I have one of those old school clock radios with the numbers that flipped over all our Groundhog Day and would set the timer for an hour or so as I listened to the guys broadcast from San Diego, San Francisco, or the viscerally hated Dodger Stadium. You helped prompt some lovely memories that reminded me why I will always follow this team and treasure what baseball gives us. Lorex, that was a super nice thing. I hope Chad uh, tunes in to hear it. Um, I don't have much more to say about that. It wasn't a question, but that's like a great moment. And that's why we love baseball. Um, Joe Gadeetsa said, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and biggest why the hell is he on the team up to this point? Go. Cheers, guys. We've, we've um, answered we've answered uh, three several times already. Yeah, I don't think I picked just one for three, but uh, yeah. get out of here, Matt, Matt Reynolds. We're we're done with you. Biggest surprise? Um, that's a good question. Graham Ashcraft. 
Graham Ashcraft, yeah, I think that's your answer. I uh, Nobody's been higher on Ashcraft than I have been, but I didn't expect him to be um, hands down the best starter on the team, you know, the first month of the season. So, we'll isn't, go he, isn't he leading the National League in F4? Yeah, I think so, which is wild. <laughs> Not surprising because he's the GOAT. Um, biggest disappointment for me is probably – I don't know. Tyler Stevenson struggling has been uh, has been no fun for me. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, the believer, so that's been tough. Other than that, everybody else is kind of doing what I expect them to be doing. Any yeah, other? I'd say my biggest disappointment is is the front office uh, lack of putting together a starting rotation. Yeah, I mean that was yeah, that's that's terrible. Nobody ever should be in this. Even if you're rebuilding, you still have arms that can, you know, can throw major league innings, not just bodies. I don't know. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah, there are decent guys out there available for one year deals every single year, and wow. they just didn't do it. So hashtag get crawled. Um, Jordan Salisbury says, "Gentlemen, hope you've had a wonderful week. Nick Senzel still putting the bat on the ball and getting on base." His defense seems solid. If we can dream on the week that was, he continues to play solid baseball the rest of the season. What a dream that would be. What does a healthy Nixon Zell do to the long-term plays of playing everyone next year, like Barrero, Steer, India, and all those younger guys coming up from Louisville, and possibly even Chattanooga like Marte? Obviously a good problem to have, but how do you see it shaking out in terms of lineup construction? Well, I should have prepared more for this question, but... Do you see us start, start with this? Do you see Nixon Zell if he continues to hit the ball well, um, sticking at a at one position regularly, or is he going to be a uh, sort of just Ben Zobrist all around the diamond kind of guy, utility like super utility man? <clears throat> I don't I don't think his everyday spot would be third base with, with who they have coming up, um, even with somebody taking Barrero out of the lineup. Um, I think third base would be steers and they'd have to move Senzel to the outfield. If he could, if he kept hitting at this clip because they don't have outfielders. Um, so I think that would be his best spot. Um, but as far as lineup construction with all these guys, you know, on the, on the verge of coming up, it's, you, you've got to trade some of them for a, for, for a guy, for an established major league baseball player. Um, because they're not these guys are not all going to pan out. You might miss, you know, you might even send away somebody who turns out to be, you know, better than what you what you received back. But you can't just have a bunch of mid level um, major league baseball players, even though they're high prospects. You know, high prospects turn into major league average major league players for the most part. So a lineup full of that is basically a little bit better than what we are now. So right. I think the best way to do that is, you know, to pair them together and 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 get an established major league baseball player back. So you don't have to worry about how we're going to move certain players around because, you know, nobody wins like that. You have one or two guys that that moves around like that, like the Chris Taylors of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a team full of them. You don't make six defensive substitutions in one half inning. <laughs> Shout out, David Bell. Sure? Are you sure? Seems like that's something that that happens a lot in this red scheme. Oh, God. Um, what about second base for Sinzel? Do you think they can move India off of second base because where he's not exactly thriving defensively? 
Could he go out in the outfield or maybe even just DH? And since they'll take over second. Um, I don't know. I think they're just going to leave India at second base for whatever reason. They have it like it's like Dusty batting a a center fielder leadoff. Like you're just going to leave him there no matter what. Yeah, yeah. That seems like what's happening. They have shown no inclination that yeah. they're even considering it. They haven't because really if been. you just go straight DH with India. I mean, if you go straight DH with India, that just takes his value. It just diminishes his value this early, th- year three, and he's a DH only. It's no yeah, bueno. at 26 years old and as athletic as he is. And let's be honest, a uh, you know, 281, 378, 377 slash line um, can look really good at second base. doesn't look really good from a DH. So, no. See, that's, that's going to be fun to watch play out over the next – couple of years um they're gonna have to answer some of these questions soon i mean if you just consider at the end of this year if they brought up um mclean ces and ellie like there's some weird roster decisions right there i know a lot of the people on red twitter are so big on tj friedels and jake fraley's of the world well there's gonna be some odd men out once those guys come calling so we'll see yeah. how that plays out um hooper pal is next he says Rank these four baseball-themed bands. Fastball, damn Yankees, the outfield, and third base. Well, I've only heard fastball, so they are number one, two, three, and four to me. I've never heard of them. All right, we're going to leave this one to to Red's Twitter. Sound off in the comments. You can add us at Riverfront Cincy um, and let us know who you think should be ranked top four those people because we have done you a disservice hooper and please let us know who you chose uh three more before we wrap this up um thomas dennis says who in the mlb today would represent mario mendoza and define a more modern mendoza line hmm do you have anybody in mind for this um without looking at numbers and stuff I i wouldn't know um, fucking Rugnet Odor, I can tell you that from the Padres is wearing <laughs> me out with that Mendoza line. <laughs> I love uh, it. Although he did have himself a nice TJ Friedel bunt against the Reds that last game. Bunting's back. Baby. That's one thing the Reds should do more is bunt more. I feel like they're not bunting enough. They need to bunt more, <laughs> especially with guys in scoring position. They need help scoring runs sometimes, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> TJ Frieda will bunt any opportunity, given any opportunity. You say bases loaded, four-run game, yeah. bunt. Um, my answer for this one was Javi Baez. I think we have a new stat called the Baez Barometer, and it is an OPS below or oh. on-base percentage below 300. That's a great one. That's who I'm going with. The, uh, the, the Baez Barometer is an on-base percentage below 300. That guy's the worst. I had a guy in a dynasty league I'm in that he must have been drunk, drunk trading the other night because I picked up that rookie from uh, Baltimore. The guy has yet to give up an, a run this season. And he tried to trade me mm. um, Javi Baez for that guy in like 88 trade dollars or something random. I just responded to him like, you need to quit drinking and send it out. Trade this, is, this is getting wild. What a dynasty league thing. I want Javi Baez. Get out of here. Yeah. 
Right. Rich Thompson <laughs> says, if the Reds are under 500 a week out from a trade deadline, do you trade Nixon Zell for a highly talented and huggable starting pitching and or outfield prospect if he's still producing at the plate and is healthy? Now, that's kind of what you were talking about a little bit. I mean, it's not one of your studs, but you got to think, a guy with the pedigree that Nick Senzel has, if he stays hot for half the season, they're not going to get an established major league stud. But could they get somebody to fill out maybe that piss spot in the rotation? I don't know. What do you think they could get for a hot Nick Senzel? He would ha- he, red hot? He'd have to stay extremely hot, like borderline all-star hot, for them to get something in return to start in the major league level. What if he wins NL Player of the Week every week? <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I like it though, Rich. I like the optimism. If the Reds are going to trade people at the deadline, I don't know. Nixon can be that guy, but we're still hoping to keep him around in Cincinnati. Uh, Brandon Kamick says, if ownership were a character on the office, who would they be? I'm going with Kevin. Super low expectations, and he still couldn't meet them if he tried. But I could also see Phil struggling to transport a chili or a pot of chili. <laughs> um, another great question. I wish I was up to date on my office <laughs> knowledge enough. To yeah, this confidently. Yeah, there's so many characters on there. Like they're Angela because they're so shitty with the press and people. <laughs> <laughs> They don't care about the consequences of what they say. They say them anyway, and guess what? They're still there. They got a few Michael Scotts. Um, I want to know who's Creed. Who on that team is Creed? That's my question. Let's see. (laughs) Well, uh, Carlos, that is uh, pretty much going to do it, man. Do you have any parting thoughts, anything else you want to touch on before we call it a night? Joey's probably Creed, just to – it's the grumpy exactly. old man, the, the grumpy veteran in the group. Just leave me alone. Let me do my work. You say something to me, I'll say something smart back to you while I'm doing my crossword. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, right. was, um, yeah, no, just to wrap it up, man, it's just watch some more Reds baseball. Let's see what shakes out. Hopefully, um, you know, those guys keep tearing it up at the, the minor league level and we get to see some of them sooner rather than later. Um, just keep giving us moments. That's all we can ask for. A couple of moments here and there throughout the week to get us through, because uh, we we know this isn't a a club that's trying to compete to win anything. So just, just keep having individual moments. Keep getting better. That's all we can ask for. We'll tell you how shitty it is after the fact. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here every week to tell you how shitty it is. <laughs> all right, well, Carlos, thanks <laughs> for coming on, man. I appreciate you uh, coming and hanging out with me this evening. Um, thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And once again, huge thanks to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This show would seriously not be possible without their support. So uh, shouts to Adam Dunn, shouts to Lisa Alberto and Wayne Cranchicki and Eli Cash. For Carlos Guevara, this is Nate Dotson saying so long, everybody.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.